0: Hi, and welcome to this edition of the podcast from the Redheaded preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. And that's me. My name is Richard Lanford, and I am grateful for you tuning in. During Advent 2022, this sermon was preached on December 11th, and it is, though the title doesn't exactly say so. It's about Jesus and it is about our faith in Jesus Uh, that um, really is what helps us wait and wait patiently for whatever it is we believe God has promised to us or that we are hoping for. And they're not necessarily the same thing. In fact, I even have a Proviso or a caveat that we understand that everything that we are waiting for or hoping for or working for May not you know happen may not come our way But we we work and wait or we passively wait in faith and why do we have that faith? So and it springs from John the Baptist and uh, what he is asking of Jesus Before going any further, and to bring you to the scriptures read by Annie Nortz, uh, let me please lead us in a word of prayer. Maker of the universe, giver of life, mystery of the cosmos and of our waiting, we come to you and give you thanks for this opportunity to listen to an exposition of your words from Isaiah and James and Matthew. Help us to listen closely, help us to get something out of what we hear, that to build up our faith, and perhaps to turn and share it with others uh, by your grace for their benefit. Because we are here for you, and we're here for one another. In the name of Christ. Amen. And now let's hear Annie bring the scriptures.
1: Our first reading is from Isaiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The prophecy is about Zion restored, and so it probably comes from the time of exile in Babylon or shortly after the return. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and sing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Save those who are of a fearful heart be strong do not fear here is your God he will come with vengeance with terrible recompense he will come and save you then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy for waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the Holy Way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sign shall flee away. This ends reading from Isaiah 35. Our epistle reading is James chapter chapter 5 verses 7 through 10. <clears throat> One of the emphases of Advent is not only the birth of Jesus but also the second advent of Christ at the end of time. It is to this Advent James points his readers advising patience and encouragement. Be patient therefore beloved until the coming of the Lord The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophet, who spoke in the name of the Lord. Indeed, we call blessed those who showed endurance. You have heard of the endurance of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This ends the reading of the Epistle. Will those who are able, please stand up for the reading of the Gospel lesson. It comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. John the Baptist had been in prison for some time now. Jesus starts preaching in the cities after spending time outside of them teaching his disciples. This story picks up here. When John heard in prison that the, what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who has come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. The least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Here ends the reading of the gospel and the scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of God for the people of God.
0: Two-step verification. It's a bit of a pain. But it probably does make for better security online. If you're not sure what it is, let me give you some examples. When I want to look at our bank accounts online, maybe I want to transfer funds or just see what's going on, check off to, for checks to clear. cleared. Uh, after typing in our username and password, that's not good enough for the bank's cybersecurity police. That's, I guess, one step verification. Next, I pick how I want to receive my verification code via an email address, text on this phone or that line, make the choice, submit, and get the code sent to you. Enter it onto the field provided by the bank, and assuming there were no typos, you're in. You or I have successfully verified our identity beyond what used to be adequate. Or sufficient for my own sake or in the protection of our accounts the bank had to know it really was me or Beth trying to access our account information not some hacker other sites require the same two-step verification uh, health provider sites for one uh, they need to be sure it's really you for your own protection. And probably for theirs when you get into some ease. No one said it would be fun. And you know what that reminds me of this morning? Or I should say who? John the Baptist. John came on the scene, remember, proclaiming that one who was mightier than himself was coming, mightier than he was coming, who had baptized not with water, but with fire and the Holy Spirit. He would clear the threshing floor of chaff and shovel that chaff into the flames and cut down the trees which bore no good fruit. But when Jesus arrived, well, he put himself in line to be baptized by John like the rest. And Jesus had to persuade John. He did not immediately bring in the day of the Lord, replete with its end times judgment. Of or separation of good from the bad symbolized by fruitless trees and chaff time passed John was now in prison perhaps waiting for the one who in Luke 4 said the spirit of the Lord was upon him to proclaim release to the captives hey Jesus, John here in prison and well are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Frederick Bruner points out the Greek word here for another or someone else heteron and it says, he says, it actually means should we expect a different kind of coming one John was waiting, perhaps impatiently For Jesus to act more like he, John, had expected. Here he was in Herod's prison, possibly without much time left himself. He, like Devon Bank and Express Scripts, they knew a first-step verification. They knew, and John knew Jesus, but he needed more authentication or verification to be sure Jesus is who John thinks he is. Are you really? You. Decades later, James wrote his epistle partly to address the same question. His advice was, as we heard Annie read, "Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord." The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until both it it receives the early and the late rain you also must be patient strengthen your hearts for the coming of the Lord is near as we heard the choir sing just moments ago strengthen your hearts now we may or may not be consciously waiting for the end when the son of man comes in power and great glory clearly unless you equate the second advent to the outpouring of the holy spirit on pentecost as some have equated we are still waiting whether we think about it or not i spoke about this already this advent the specific context of both john the baptist and the people to whom james was writing may not be first and foremost in our expectations of god this morning but we do have something important in common with them we are often called upon to be patient. Be patient and the team will get better. Be patient and the benefits of that boring, difficult physical therapy will pay off in the end. Be patient and let the food finish cooking or baking or thawing or smoking and so on. Be patient, and he or she will come to their senses and come back to you begging for another chance. Be patient, and he'll get clean and sober. Be patient, and she'll develop into a top-notch surgeon. Be patient, because you cannot make the driver in front of you go any faster. Ask for serenity to accept the things you cannot change. Be patient, and you will get promoted, or get the lead in next year's play, or be patient, and the market will rebound. Ah! How hard it can be to be patient. It can get harder the longer you have to wait. Having to be patient can test one's faith. In this day of speedy stuff like microwave ovens and international travel and high-speed internet and instant video highlights of news from around the world, fast downloads and at-home COVID tests, we get spoiled, and that's dangerous when you or I take that hurry up and apply it to God, answers to prayer and to spiritual growth. As the spiritual goes, and I've quoted it before about this, you can't hurry god oh no you just have to wait you have to trust him give him your time no matter how long it takes god has god's own timeline which may but usually does not coincide with ours honesty reminds us that we may not even receive that for which we wait all the more reason then that we are like John the Baptist. Are you for real? Can you verify your identity? We need to know if we look if we need to look for another kind of hope or miracle or answer or God. Waiting, patiently we presume, is a watchword for Advent, for sure. One of my sermon resources asks. What makes waiting, whether in joyful anticipation or dread, so challenging? Joyful anticipation, challenging. Kids who celebrate Christmas look forward to our birthday party for Jesus' birth, also known as Christmas Day, unless one opens gifts on Christmas Eve, with joyful anticipation. What's Santa bringing? Will I get this? or not? Is grandfather coming? I hope so. I can't wait until it's okay to start opening presents. I cannot believe that is anything near as challenging as waiting in dread is, like in waiting for the credit card bills to arrive after Christmas, or going to the grocery store for an extended family meal that you're hosting, or something much more serious. So we've got James exhorting believers to be patient. He points to the farmers who wait for the crop to be ready for harvest, but like the serenity prayer, know that they have to be patient upon Mother Nature to send the early rains and then the later rains. They can't make that happen on their own. Just wait. Getting anxious does not speed the rain up, but it might speed up one's heart rate. Now, waiting patiently is easier said than preached, James. Is, that, is what we're waiting for the real deal? Do we need two-step verification to be sure? So John asked Jesus, and the answer Jesus gave could have been helpful to James's listeners. Notice that Jesus does not reprimand John or say, O ye of little faith why did you doubt like jesus did to others later no jesus seems to be sympathetic and his answer makes a big point for john and for you and me and you remember what message jesus sent back to john through john's people go and tell john what you see and hear the blind receive their sight the lame walk The lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. John, you want verification? Jesus tells his people to tell him, check out what I've been teaching and what I've been doing. There's your verification. The blind who come to me have their vision restored. Those who are unable to walk are able to walk now. Lepers who don't, people don't even touch because they'll become ceremonially unclean, they come to me, I touch them, they're made clean. The ears of the deaf are opened. Heck, the dead are raised. The widow of Maine, her son being raised, being probably what he's referring to, and the poor have good news. Not bad news. Not discouraging news. Not humiliating news. They have good news brought to them. Some of that sounds familiar, like right out of our Isaiah 35 passage. That's not a coincidence. Scripture lifts up the underprivileged and the disadvantaged. That's being fulfilled, and that's what Jesus is saying. Love in action is spreading wherever I go, John. People are becoming more whole god is at work through me john that end of days stuff will be patiently waiting my man but right now look and listen am i not doing what our texts say messiah the bringer of the victory of god will do yes my study bible's annotations make it just as clear and I quote from the little footnotes at the bottom, Jesus performs the works of the predicted Messiah and refers, parenthetically, to Isaiah 29, verses 18 and 19, Isaiah 35, verses 5 through 6, and 61, verse 1, as well as to Luke 4, where Jesus uh, invokes some of the same prophecy as applying to him. Listen and look. Jesus is for real. You can be confident that Scripture is being fulfilled for the uplifting of God's people, at least over time, soon to include then the vast world of the Gentiles, too. So where does that leave you and me? When we find we have to be patient, waiting, getting hungry, weary, frustrated, the opposite of serene and wondering when is patient waiting also active waiting we don't know what John's reaction was to what Jesus said and sometimes that means that what Jesus said is directed at its readers to make up our own response to Jesus argument or teaching or parable when you or I find that we have to be patient Where do we get what we need? What is our source to help us patiently wait, whether we are waiting actively and doing something about it, preparing, or even passive waiting when we have to? Our source for patient waiting is the one who has verified himself to us as the one. I believe that you and i can hang on actively or not so actively waiting because of our faith in jesus christ given for us in bethlehem teacher of truth healer of bodies and souls who knows what horrible suffering is like firsthand and so enters into solidarity with those who also suffer especially those who suffer for what is right Jesus is the embodiment of God's self-giving, self-denying, even suffering love for our blessing, to bless us, and who was raised from the grave after that so we too can be lifted up by God's power for new life. Do we really truly trust him to carry us, to carry us, when our burdens of waiting patiently become too heavy? Do we trust that great love even when we do not know what is going to happen next and we're not feeling the presence of God? If we do, however we have come by such faith, we are plugged into our source, capital S, for patient waiting. Our strength comes from God. We can get more personal. What has God done in and for your life or my life or that of your loved ones where we can say yes I have seen and heard these great things happen in our lives that I praise God and thank God for ancient Israel looked back at how Yahweh had provided for and blessed Israel over and over and over again going back to Abraham and Sarah even when they rebelled against the divine will Jewish people drew and draw on powerful communal memory to keep the faith and strengthen their hearts for the living of these days. And you and I can do the same. We do do the same, I believe. And during Advent, we can remember that God acted in holy love and called to us in Jesus' birth to Mary in Bethlehem. Jesus was not born because when you're asked if you have everything you need and say, I'm good. Jesus did not come because we're good. Jesus was born because we're not okay. We do need help and hope and love and mercy. We do need Holy Spirit inspiration for courageous action and on behalf of truth and justice and compassion and peace and care for the earth, even while we wait for it to be revealed. We look back while we struggle to be patient and see how God has acted for us in the past, giving us more reason to trust God will again. And we also see that it was 2,000 years between Abraham and Sarah and Jesus to the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham and Sarah to bless the world through their offspring. 2,000 years later, Jesus was born to the Jews and to the Gentiles, bringing the good news to all the earth, all of the children. God is not a microwave or a microprocessor. God gets to work out God's purposes through fallible human beings. And we can keep waiting and working in hope because Jesus verifies that God, the God of love, judgment, mercy, and justice, and history can be trusted. For those of the Christian faith, Jesus is our source of patient being able to patiently wait. While we wait, we probably have work to do: raising families, encouraging friends and neighbors, giving generously to others who are spreading compassion on a more systematic basis, building up communities. Praying for peace. Working on our ability to forgive. Studying scripture together. Going to school. Testifying to agents of injustice that God is in favor of fair play and welcome to the stranger. Jesus is our source of patiently waiting if we're in a hospital room. If we're recovering from surgery or a stroke. If... We are looking for a job, awaiting justice from the courts, struggling to pay bills, trying to save a marriage, praying for the spiritual growth of our children and grandchildren, or even, or even, he is our source of patiently waiting if we are waiting to die. Jesus is for real. while i was finishing up that sermon finishing up writing it and even before i preached it after i'd practiced it i thought you know i really should try to work in another piece of this love angle and i didn't have time the sermon was full length and what i wanted to put into it was a recollection and a drawing from 1st corinthians 13 which says love is patient love is patient Love is patient, <laughs> and I wanted to uh, weave that in, or even make an extra point with it somehow, an auxiliary point. But like I said, I, I had to yield to the time limit of a sermon. And uh, but now you know about it. <laughs> you know that was my intent. So thank you again for listening. Our next uh, our next podcast will be for December eighteenth the fourth Sunday of Advent in 2022. I hope you'll be able to come along for that whenever your schedule allows. May God bless you, and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast thank you so much